everyone was right. This is impossible. We can't make it happen. And my heart sunk. And I was just thinking, this is crazy. At this time, we'd put in easily a couple hundred thousand into the project. And and we had deliverables we needed to meet and all of these things. And that ambitious young entrepreneur uh, went from wide-eyed to almost despondent thinking, what can we do here? Through a lot of a lot of brainstorming, prayer, other things, we really, really were trying to figure this out. And Brain Podcast. Welcome to another episode of Unleash Your Supernova. I'm Nova Lorraine, founder of Rain Magazine and author of Unleash Your Supernova. I can't believe I am only actually I'm just a few days away from releasing my book. It'll be available in all major bookstores. This has been years in the making, and I'm just excited that I can help other entrepreneurs make their dreams come true to not only learn how to increase creativity, beat burnout, but happily and successfully survive their journey of creative entrepreneurship. So if you haven't already, go and get Unleash Your Supernova. And trust me, it will change your life. I am super excited to have our guest on today, who is also a supernova entrepreneur. (laughs) And his name is Curtis Morley. And Curtis J. Morley is a serial entrepreneur, educator, speaker, thought leader, patent holder, innovator, businessman, and coach. He is the founder and CEO of the Entrepreneur's Paradox and is the director of the Callert Initiative on Technology at the University of Utah. And Curtis, if I butcher that, I am so sorry. <laughs> How are you? <laughs> you got it. It's so great to be on the show. Thank you so much. And you nailed it. It's the Collert in- Initiative on Technology. Okay. Thank you. The Collert Initiative on Technology. Thank you. Thank you. Well, I am really happy to have you on the show. And as you know, Unleash Your Supernova is about sharing wisdom, tips, and hacks to help others unleash their superpowers. And it's all about tapping into that inner brilliance and releasing those the limitless potential that we all have. And your book truly touches on some great insight around that. So we're going to jump into that. But as you know, I love storytelling. I love stories. So we're going to start with a story. I want you to think about a time where you had to overcome a major challenge or obstacle, where you literally had to dig deep, pull from that well, that reservoir within, where you had to tap, unleash your supernova. Tell us about a story that you can relate to that. So after I'd started my first company, which was a full-service media agency, um, we did everything from logos and branding to TV radio commercials, all the way to interactive websites and back-end database and heavy application development. And through that company, I actually started a second company that was focused around digital sheet music and was one of the first digital sheet music providers on the internet. So this this may date me just a bit, <laughs> but... but this goes back a couple of years. And with that application, we started with amazing ambition, just this huge stars in our eyes. And we thought we can do anything. You know, I was a young college kid. I thought this is going to be incredible. And it was funny because when I started my college career, 
I actually started in music. And then one day I woke up and I, I thought, oh, I'm actually going to have to make money someday. <laughs> so, yeah. so I changed to a business major. And so I had that background with music. And I had this idea that there's no really good way to get sheet music online. And so we started creating this company specifically around digital sheet music, but not in your traditional way. Up to this point, it basically sheet music online was a PDF and maybe an MP3 that you could hit play on. And we decided to do to create something totally innovative, something that's never been done before, where you could actually see the music and then play the sheet music, kind of like follow the bouncing ball. And the reason we did that is so that people could then take parts in and out. So if you're singing soprano and you don't want to hear the tenor bass or alto, you can take all those parts out. Or if you want to change the, the key, if it's too high or too low, you can bump the music up or down and it would rewrite itself from scratch. And we were going down this road and I had an awesome developer. He was the head of development at the time and he wanted to go down one direction and I thought we might want to go down the other. And he'd onboarded this, this young intern. It was so fun because I'll never forget the day he came to the lobby. And the receptionist called and said, Hey, Curtis, there's somebody here for you. I'm like, oh, I didn't expect a meeting. And she said, Yeah, I don't think he's going to leave. You better come on out. Oh, wow. <laughs> and so I came out and there he was in the lobby and he was this college kid. And he said, he said I want to work for you. I've researched your company and you're the company I want to work for. I said, um, We're not hiring. He says, That's okay. I'll do it for free. I said, Great, you're hired. Wow. <laughs> okay. Right on the spot. So I had this intern apprentice with our, our lead developer. And and we started going down the road. And along the way, it was amazing the resistance I got. As I was sharing this project with people, one company had spent $13 million trying to do the exact same thing and failed. Another company was just... They were actually kind of furious that I was spending all this money um, working... At the time, it was with the LDS Church, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints here in Salt Lake, to put their hymns online with this digital sheet music. And we, we went down the road. We were about three-fourths away done. And all of a sudden, my developer, my lead developer, walks into my office and he said, everyone was right. This is impossible. We can't make it happen. And my heart sunk. And I was just thinking this is crazy. At this time, we'd put in easily a couple hundred thousand into the project and and we had deliverables we needed to meet and all of these things. And that ambitious young entrepreneur uh, went from wide-eyed to almost despondent thinking, what can we do here? So through a lot of, a lot of brainstorming, prayer, other things, we really, really were trying to figure this out. And and the way the path we'd taken wasn't the original design path that was what my lead developer had thought of. And that was on a Friday. The next Monday morning, I come into the office and this intern walks into my office and he says, he said, Hey, can I show you something? I said, sure. So he puts his laptop down and he flips around his computer and he said, in the last couple months since I've been here, I've actually been working on the prototype of the project the way you designed it originally. And I think I've got it. And he had literally at night and on weekends been redesigning the entire project based on the original designs. 
and it was truly a miracle. And we were able to finish the project on time and accomplish what everyone said was impossible. Amazing. Amazing. So it's interesting that this young, young man knew that you were the company that he wanted to work for. It was like, I'll do it for free. Like, first of all, like, okay, can I get that angel knocking on my door? <laughs> and oh, by the way, while you guys were doing all that other stuff, I was up at night working on the real solution to the problem. <laughs> like what? <laughs> oh my gosh. I mean, it goes to show you how no matter what role you have in a company, you can make a tremendous impact on that company, right? And how each person really matters and how critical it is to choose your team properly as an entrepreneur. I absolutely love that story. If you could say one thing that you took away from that experience that you can share with our listeners, individuals that are thinking about starting their own business or those that are still on this journey and trying to figure it out, what would you say? There's always a way. There's always a way. And this young entrepreneur, this young intern, his name is Tyler. He was amazing because he took the initiative. He saw beforehand where it was the project was going to head. And, and he said, you know what, I'm going to do this. And it's been incredible because of him. We went on to produce it, not only for the Eldest Church, but then we got the exclusive deals with two of the largest music publishers in the world, Alfred, Hal Leonard, and Warner Brothers, and actually three. And it's a $4 billion industry. And we got exclusives with the two biggest players in the world. And and that never would have happened if somebody didn't take the initiative. If you know, And I do believe in destiny. I absolutely believe in destiny. And destiny's taxi driver is hard work. That's what gets you to that destiny. And Tyler never would have walked into the office if we didn't have that reputation of being, you know, cutting edge, innovative company. And it never would have happened. So I believe the driver of destiny is is hard work. Oh, I love that. I haven't heard that before. And I really like that. And I could see, you know, you plant your seeds, right? And they then take you, they sort of create that path for you. And eventually those seeds flourish and grow. So I love that. I want to touch on, so you, you talk about mistakes that entrepreneurs make, and we know that the failure rate for businesses is really high, especially within the first year for most entrepreneurs. And in your book, you touch on 16 <laughs> <laughs> common mistakes. Let's focus on three, three mistakes that you feel that are just jumping out at you, that if someone was to read your book and they had to walk away with the most important ones to try to avoid, what would those three be? Oh, that's tough because they're all very important. But if I were to pick three just off the top of my head, one would be climbing the mountain without a map. Mm, okay. The second would probably be focused around fear and imposter syndrome. And the third is a principle I call thrill and skill. And it's the alternative to fight or flight. Okay. So let's, let's break those down. So you say climbing the mountain without a map. Yeah. Let's go a little deeper. Explain that. Great. So a lot of entrepreneurs start the exact same way. And the reason that I wrote the book, The Entrepreneur's Paradox, is because as I've coached entrepreneurs, I found patterns. I found that most entrepreneurs, even though their business is unique and their, the way they approach things is unique, their experience is, mimics almost every other entrepreneur. 
And that always starts with, I'm really good at something. I've got an amazing skill, or I bake the best cupcakes, or I create the most amazing fashion design, or (laughs) whatever it is. There's something that the entrepreneur is really good at. And a lot of times, they'll be the best in the world at, or at least the best in their area at doing this thing. And people say, man, you are so good at this. You are so good. You need to start a business. These cupcakes are the best cupcakes I've ever had in my life. You need to start a cupcake business. And they say, well, yeah, I I really do know how to put the eggs in the flour and and make that special curl twist of that cream frosting on top. And and they go, of course, I need to start a business. And although they have the recipe for making the cupcake, they don't have the recipe for for how to create a successful business. And one question I always ask entrepreneurs is, if you're building the product, then who's building the company? Mm, right. And the reason I ask that is because entrepreneurs love to focus and dive deep into their skill or their expertise. And they actually have to take a reboot because the thing that gets them into business is will actively prevent them from taking their business to the next level because they're so deep in the swamp of the everyday tasks and building the recipes and the cupcakes and whatever it is that they're good at. And so, these entrepreneurs, they wake up every day, they say, I'm going to make some cupcakes, or I'm going to design the dresses, or I'm going to build a guitar or video game, it doesn't matter what the company is. And they do the same thing over and over every day. And they wrestle these alligators. And they don't realize that there's a mountain to be climbed. And it's time to get out of the swamp. And it's time to start climbing the mountain. And if there's no clear goal, if there's no clear goal, then they just wander around the foothills and they'll dive back into the swamp every day. But if there is a clear path, and I've actually written this formula in the book, The Entrepreneur's Paradox, it's a very simple success formula. And it has four parts. Those four parts are how much, by when, for what, and why. So again, how much, by when, for what, and why. And would it be okay if I dove into each one of those? Sure. So the how much is a specific number that can either be revenue, that can be profit, that can be number of customers, that can be various different numbers. The easiest ones to focus on are revenue and profit. So having a very specific financial goal, I want to make $20 million in my company, or I want to make whatever the number is. So that's the how much. Then the by when, this is where it really gets, it gets real, is putting a specific date on the calendar. So let's say 20 million is the goal. I want to make $20 million by October 20th, 2030. So having an actual date, not this ambiguous number, not this year, but a specific date. And the magic that happens when, when you put a date on the calendar is that all of a sudden it becomes real. All of a sudden, your brain actually starts to rewire itself and say, I've got a solid problem I need to fix. And your brain is the best problem solver on the, in the planet. And so yeah. it all of a sudden starts to activate, oh, this is real. I've actually got to do this. So how much, by when, for what? The for right. what is, mm-hmm. do you want to be acquired? Do you want to buy other companies? Do you want to be financially stable for the rest of your life? 
there's a, an event that happens. That's the for what. And then the last one is and why. What's in your heart? What's deep inside that gets you up in the morning? When you achieve that $20 million, what do you want to do? Do you want to give back? Do you want to set up trust for all of your kids so they're never going to have to worry about money? What is it that drives you? And tap into that. And with that formula, when someone actually writes it down and then shares it to the world, it's amazing how the universe conspires to be on their side. I completely believe in writing things down and you're literally writing your story. And I have. I have specific examples of of how that came true, some big ones. But no, that was amazing. That was amazing. And I love your success formula. And it's so true when you have that number. And so I was an athlete most of my life. I still, you know, stay fit and I, I go back to that mindset a lot in terms of business when you have that goal. So if you know you need to win eight out of ten competitions, meets, games to make it to the tournament you have that goal that you're going after, right? In terms of what is that number? Is it the revenue? Is it the profit? Number of customers? And then by when? Well, again, if you're looking at a season for an athlete, you only have a few months, maybe two, Mm -hmm. (laughs) to get those wins in, right? So let's go. Do we need to get into the gym an hour earlier? Do we need to adjust our, our nutrition? Do we need to get some supplemental exercises in? And so you come up with that strategy to make sure that you hit those num- numerical goals within that time frame, And then the for what, what is that major event? You know, going again, using the sports example, it's the tournament. It's the championship. Yeah. What is that event? I love how you talk about what is the end goal of this? Be- and it doesn't, everyone doesn't have to go public. Everyone doesn't have to make a hundred million dollars to be quote unquote successful. Like what is your goal? Is it, like you said, is it just to take care of yourself for the rest of your life? Do you want to pass this down to your children? What is that end goal that you're trying to achieve as it relates to an event for your business? And then the why. It's funny how that's your number four. I start with the why. Why are you even doing this? Mm -hmm. Why are you doing this? And is it something that's going to get you out of bed in the morning to make you want to do the one, two, three (laughs) on this list? (laughs) You know what I'm saying? I mean... I did a variety of sports, but my children now are in competitive gymnastics and competitive dance. But even when they were in like soccer and basketball and things like that, why are you even doing this? Because when you figure out your why, for one of them, it was, oh, my best friend's doing it. Okay. So there went basketball. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like when the best friend wasn't doing it anymore, it wasn't that fun. So who cared about the tournament? When you understand the why, then you're going to know if this is the game you really want to play. And are you in it for at least that time period attached to the event that you mentioned? So that was amazing and so insightful. There's so many things that I want to ask you. We're going to get to questions from our listeners at the end, but there's there's just so many nuggets of information in your book. And you did touch on the very thing that inspired you to start your business is the very thing that can hold you back. I love how you put that into a visual with the the designer, the cupcake baker. And I have a son who loves to cook and he wants to be a chef. And oh. so when you were giving that example, I was like, yeah, yeah. What is the business? <laughs> yeah. Because we are like, wow, that was amazing. You can sell these bread loaves. Wow. <laughs> we're right on that bandwagon there. But what is the business model? Yeah, that was amazing. So. 
again, we might have to bring you back because there's so many things that I want to dive into. And so before I give you the mic, because with the show, our guests also play host part of the show for the second segment. But before we get to that, you also talk about seven common fears in your book for entrepreneurs. Yeah, the, the, the imposter syndrome and the, the fears that come around along with that. So it's amazing when you do set that goal. It's fun because I actually wrote three-fourths of the book before climbing Mount Kilimanjaro. Mm. And, and they, they have a saying that you can't go up without coming down changed. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely true. So I did come down and I rewrote the entire book based on this experience and how similar it is to entrepreneurship. And there's, you know, once you have that goal, once you see the mountain, once you see the peak that you want to summit, then it's time to start climbing. The universe is on your side, your brain's rewiring to help you get there. But the all of a sudden it's really interesting because then oftentimes fear sets in. And fear sets in, in in a couple different ways. And I'll share an amazing, simple trick that can change fear into power. And it's such a refreshing, life-saving tip that I've used with so many entrepreneurs. But that fear sets in, and one of those fears is imposter syndrome. And imposter syndrome comes in seven different types. It comes in the genius type. It comes in the superhero type. It comes in the expert, the perfectionist. Now, there's all these different types of imposter syndrome. And with imposter syndrome, it's funny because just to define what imposter syndrome is, it's the feeling of like, everybody else has it figured out. I'm just a fake, a hack, a scrub. I'm just somebody that has no idea what they're doing, but somehow have, has found some modicum of success. And But I really don't know what I'm doing, and I hope nobody figures it out. That's the imposter syndrome that I'm talking about. And it's funny because in entrepreneurship, it's totally the concept of imposter syndrome is, is thought of totally backwards because imposter syndrome is actually part of the process. If you think about it, you're starting a business doing something that's never been done the way you're doing it. It's never been done in the market you're doing it. It's never been done in the time you're doing it. There's so many unknowns. That it doesn't matter if you have the Harvard MBA or the doctorate from Stanford, you're still not going to have all the answers. Right. Imposter syndrome is actually baked into in entrepreneurship. You're not going to be the expert. You're not going to be the one that knows everything because nobody can, because it's brand new. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. once entrepreneurs understand that, they it's so freeing that they are able to say, oh, you know what? It's okay. I don't have the answers. What's really important is I take one more step up the mountain. That's what's important. It doesn't, I don't have to be at the top of the mountain today. Today I can just take one more step. And the formula for really getting out of your head is so fun because it's quick, it's simple, and all it takes is one letter. All it takes is changing one letter in the phrase, what if? Because oftentimes, I don't know, when you started your first company, I don't know if this was what went through your head. I know it went through mine in my first several companies. I would ask a lot of what if questions. What if I can't make payroll? What if I don't succeed? What if my peers laugh at me? What if, you know, there's all these what ifs that Uh just are plaguing. And the, if I take off the letter F, 
and I put on the letter S, then all of a sudden, what if becomes what is. And it goes from that feeling of anxiety to feeling of power. What is my next step? What is the truth of my situation? What is my goal? What is in my power to change? What is the next thing I need to do today? And can you feel the difference? Can you feel mm-hmm. that inside of you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's an amazing tool just to be able to change fear into power. And I have a dear friend named Richard Vass who, who shared a saying. He said, fretting on the future fuels fear, those what ifs. Flexing on the past produces pain. Only the present provides peace and power. And what is brings us back to the present. What is says, you know what? We're going to leave the future alone. The future will take care of itself. What is right now in front of me that I can take care of? Yes, you are preaching to the choir. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. One of the things that I mentioned in my book is, or talk about is mindfulness. And you just touched on that. It's being in the present moment without judgment. And with fear comes judgment. And also you're, like you said, you're either too far in the future, or too far in the past, the anxiousness, the, the frustration. So this is so, so important for our listeners to hear. Those, again, that are in the thick of being an entrepreneur, those that are at the very beginning stages or thinking about it, is that this is this one sentence, what is, is so empowering because it does bring you into the present moment which is the most peaceful moment, right? Is that sense of peace. And yes, 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 yes. <laughs> <laughs> this is so good. This is like just really, really good stuff. I am going to, like I said, we may have to bring you back because we literally are just scratching the surface of all the goodies that are in your book. I'm going to hand over the mic to you and you're going to play host. So you get to ask moi a few questions, and then we will move into our third segment, which are questions from our listeners. Awesome. I'm so excited. And congratulations on your book. I'm so, so excited that we are launching books on the same day. That's really cool. Yes. Yes. It's like you said, destiny, right? right. <laughs> and our books are really are speaking to the same audience, our entrepreneurs, and we are offering information that will truly help them not only climb the mountain, right? But by the time they get there, they're still alive and breathing and well (laughs) and happy, you know? And, but I love, I love these insights that you're sharing and there's so much more that's in the book. So, and then obviously before we close out, we're going to have to tell our listeners how they can get the book. Yeah. So um, yeah, go ahead, your turn, go ahead and shoot. Awesome. So you've had a lot of success and I love your focus, your book, Unleash Your Supernova talks about creativity, how to beat the burnout. But you, you've you had success in a wide variety of areas, You know, being a designer, being all those things. As, as you've looked back through your life, tell me who has inspired you in your entrepreneurial journey? That is a really great question. I would say initially, there were two people, which are my parents. Mm. And my parents immigrated from Jamaica my mom, not too long after I was born, my dad, the year that she was pregnant with me, I'm one of six and number four and the last to be born on the island. And I just admired their work ethic. You had mentioned earlier about working hard, you know, being that driver to destiny. 
And that's all that I know just from seeing them, but they did it without malice or they didn't come home angry and yelling and that. They worked hard, but they also brought a lot of love in the house and support for whatever we were doing. And I just admired that. And I just, I loved how they, you could, you, I knew, I'm going to speak for myself. I knew that they were sacrificing a lot for us to make a better way for us. And I wanted to give back to them. So I would say that was my initial inspiration. And then when I had the epiphany around fashion being that route of how I was going to pursue my career, I pivoted from psychology. It was to impact the history of fashion in a way that would inspire others to see themselves doing what I was doing. And similar to our Olympians who break barriers and break records to inspire the next generation, I wanted to also deliver a positive impact within fashion to inspire the next generation. And so that pivoted to that inspiration. And then when I became a mom, it was my children Mm. and to create a legacy for them and being now in the position of my parents, I can completely see how they pivoted their life around making a better life for us. And so for me, it's how can I do something that will make a better life for my children? That's a lot of why right there. That is <laughs> that is beautiful. I, I love how you have so much why, so much passion around what's burning deep inside. That's beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, one more question for you. Okay. Tell me where you get your passion for entrepreneurship because I've known fashion designers in the past and and a lot of them aren't like you. A lot of them aren't students of entrepreneurship and dive deep into the business side of building profitable fashion organization. Where do you get your passion for entrepreneurship? That's an excellent question. I don't think anyone's ever asked me that before. So (laughs) thanks for the question. I would say I didn't set out to be an entrepreneur. When I was in high school and sort of following the footsteps of my brother, I wanted to become a doctor because I wanted to help people, especially children. And that path, you know, going back to work hard and create that destiny, that path led me to entrepreneurship because it, it gave me the opportunity to shape my story and to take a vision and bring it to life. I absolutely love creating, hence why I have four children, probably. <laughs> I love creating right? at the highest level. I love creating. I love creating and problem solving and strategizing. And when you're problem solving, you're creating a solution that's going to benefit someone. It's whoever's at the other end is going to be happier in a way. And so for me, the business side is really the problem solving. It's the puzzle. It's putting those puzzle pieces together around strategy, around ideation, around co-creation, all things that I enjoy doing. And Maybe it stemmed from having five siblings and playing board games all the time and and being a creative as well growing up. But I see entrepreneurship as when you were mentioning earlier, creating something from nothing. Mm -hmm. So you are constantly bringing something to life. And so, yes, in some aspects, it's the product, the physical products. 
But most of the time, it's the solution to the problems as you're continuing to grow and evolve. Mm -hmm. And so for me, entrepreneurship is also a path of personal growth and evolution. While being able to do the things I love, such as create, co-create with others who I enjoy, admire, and respect, and to solve problems to create solutions that's going to impact the community in a positive way. So those are the things that drive me. And yes, it just happens to be bundled under the word business or business model or, mm-hmm. <laughs> but, or entrepreneurship, but it's creating something with the gifts that you're given that's going to impact the community, no matter how large or small, in a forward movement in a positive way. I love that. I love, I love your focus on creativity because a lot of the entrepreneurs I coach or mentor, they're so stuck in the product that they don't focus on business. And it sounds like you've definitely made that leap to be able to say, I can be just as passionate about the business, creating the business as I am about creating the product. And that's when entrepreneurs turn the corner. And that's when the needle turns up and their business starts to skyrocket. So I'm so happy to hear you, you talk about that creativity process in the business. Yeah, and I agree with you. I, there were definitely moments in my journey where I was solely focused on the product. And I would say more recently, once the product is identified, what I do is say, okay, well, if no one can get the product or see the product or smell the product or taste the product, like really, <laughs> why are you creating the product? You know, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> If the purpose is greater than you and you're really, truly trying to help someone, let's just use that one person. How, well, how do you, if you are here and there's a body of water between you and the person across the lake, how do you help get them over to you? And that's when the problem solving starts and, and you start creating that bridge. And so I really love that part of it. And yes, I feel that you should recognize your resources and your strengths. And if you are the artist and doing the strategy and problem solving takes you away from producing the best product, then create the team to support you in that area. When you had asked the question, if you're building the product, mm, who's building the business? <laughs> love that. Love it. Love it. Love it. I'm going to share it with as many people that listen to me. Excellent. It's so true. And I think it's an issue for creatives. It really is. And then, so what is the solution? So I, I like how your book offers hands-on practical tips on what you can do to make that happen. So yeah, I do feel that you can still be that true artist. And I'm definitely that individual that has a left brain, right brain thing going on. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I know enough tech to be dangerous. Like I'm not saying I'm a techie, but I love technology, but then I am truly passionate about art as well. So it is that combination that creates that that passion to go beyond the product. That's so beautiful because like you said, especially the artistic entrepreneurs, they run into this problem of, well, I want to be artistic. I want to be creative. And when they tap into the fact that they can be just as creative in the business side of things and just as, as artistic in the business side of things, that's when that mind shift, that paradigm change happens. And all of a sudden, their business explodes because now they take that indefatigable drive that they have that was focused on the product. Now they're focusing on the business and things just explode. Yeah, I agree wholeheartedly. And it's fun too. It's fun because the creativity isn't going anywhere as it relates to the product. 
And then when you start seeing it get into the hands of whoever it is you have an intent, you have it, the intention for it to be perceived by, it fuels you, it inspires you to take that product to the next level. And so it feeds off of each other. So yeah, I think that's, that's a really great point. And so this brings us to the last segment of our show, which are questions from the listeners. I want to make sure we get at least a couple in before we wrap it up. So I have a question that is, what entrepreneurial tricks do you have or have discovered that keeps you focused and productive on a day-to-day busy schedule? Hmm. I, I love this question because one activity I do with entrepreneurs is we actually do daily tracking. And so it's kind of the opposite of daily planning is we do daily tracking. And we put things into two categories. And, and this is described in the book, The Entrepreneur's Paradox. Of The first category is wrestling the alligators. And the second category is draining the swamp. And it's funny because we wake up every day, dive deep into the swamp, and, it, and it's hard to remember that our job is to drain the swamp when we're eye to eye with the alligator. Because that alligator has some big, sharp teeth. (laughs) Right, right. So taking an inventory of your day and saying, what is critical for me to make my business succeed and what is not? And at least for me, um, one of those things that was on the not list was booking my own travel. I would try and find the best flight, the best seat, the right time of day. And I look at the clock and two hours have gone by and I'm like, Holy cow, what just happened? That did not in any way build the business. And this is something someone else could do for me that I could spend two hours working on strategy, working on sales techniques and tactics, working on a marketing plan. Those are the really important things. And so tracking the day and saying, what activities am I doing that are wrestling alligators? And then what... I, activities am I doing that's draining the swamp? So do I have a process in place that I can have other people do what I do as well as I do it in the way I want it done? That's a draining the swamp is creating those processes. So the entrepreneur themselves doesn't have to be in the swamp every day. The entrepreneur create this machine that just like McDonald's is a great example. They have a machine that it doesn't matter who works there you're going to get the exact same burger at the exact same time. And if seven minutes goes by, they're throwing away the fries and they're cooking a new batch. They know exactly down to the minute that what to do. And that process allows the entrepreneur to have freedom to figure out the best strategies, um, strategic opportunities, you know, acquisition, looking up at the mountain. That's what it provides. Mm, yes. Wrestling the alligators, draining the swamp. Those are the two things that you should be focused on, like tracking, daily tracking, as opposed to the, like the, the planning. Interesting. Yeah. So taking every half hour and saying, what did I do this half hour? And then taking a really good, hard, honest look at, am I really spending my time building the business or building the product or just watching cat videos on YouTube? right oh gosh oh goodness so okay what key activities would you recommend entrepreneurs invest their time in speaking of cat videos (laughs) the activities actually this this flows right along with the the last answer 
the the activities that I would suggest is I kind of describe this in my book. There's two parts to building a successful company. The first part is the business itself and understanding the key drivers. So the KPIs, the key performance indicators that allow the business to grow and understanding why it grows. That's half of the equation is, is the business side of things. The other half is the entrepreneur themselves and making sure you know, the best gift any of us can give the world is a healthy, happy me. Mm. Best gift we can give. And yeah. it, <laughs> it sounds like you understand this principle well. Yes. And so the, those two things is focusing on becoming a true entrepreneur rather than a solopreneur or a product person, becoming a true entrepreneur and business person, and then really protecting the asset. And the asset is you, is being able to give that gift to the world. And that best gift, the best thing we have to give is a healthy, happy you. Awesome. That is a great place to wrap this up. That was so, so powerful. How can our listeners get your book? It's on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, everywhere fine books are sold. Um, coming out on March 16th, same day as yours. So excited about that. Yes. Awesome. Awesome. I want to thank you so much. And yeah, if you get an email from me <laughs> or Julie to come back on to dive deeper, don't be surprised. <laughs> <laughs> I would so love it. I've enjoyed this so much. This is so, so good and so beneficial for our listeners. Thank you so much. Um, again, everyone, this is Curtis J. Morley, and he is the author of The Entrepreneur's Paradox. He is an amazing entrepreneur, super successful, award-winning, has built some incredibly impressive enterprises. There's pages and pages that I can go on about Curtis. Definitely check out his book. March 16th is a drop date. Whenever you listen to this, please go pick it up or give it as a gift. It can truly change someone's life who wants to bring their either their creative projects or their vision to life. So thank you again, Curtis. This is Nova Lorraine with Unleash Your Supernova. And don't forget to also go to your favorite bookstore, maybe Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Books A Million, your local bookstore, whatever it is, and pick up Unleash Your Supernova. Find ways to increase your creativity and beat burnout. And most of all, happily and successfully survive the journey of creative entrepreneurship. Until next time. Bye.